Welcome back to another episode of the Table Topics Podcast. My name is Caleb. Joining me are... Anas. Chris. Santiago. And today we have another exciting episode where we're talking about a really cool uh, new tabletop role-playing game called Exalted. Uh, it, it is new Third edition. Uh, third edition came out in 2016, and new supplements for it have been coming out at a relatively slow pace since that time, but we have a few supplements for it now. Yeah, sorry, new to, new to all of us, I guess, uh, in some sort of way. Hopefully new to you, the listener. Yeah, it's a really cool tabletop role-playing game that we've been, a couple of us have been playing for a couple of years now, and we just absolutely love it. It is really cool, not like any other system I've ever experienced before. And uh, yeah, Santi, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the whole setting is, what this tabletop is about, because each tabletop has its own sort of things that it does well. And I think Exalted is very unique in the fact it's very over the top. Oh, yeah. Uh, Exalted is absolutely an over-the-top role-playing game. It is based in kind of like the World of Darkness uh, system slash setting of White Wolf. Uh, We're talking about the third edition of Exalted. And the thing that makes Exalted the most unique would definitely have to be its setting. Uh, the setting of Exalted is a place called Creation. Uh, it's flat, it's vast, it's huge. If you look at a map of it, it'll be like, oh, that's not that big. And then you see the the little like sizing meter for it, and you're like, oh, it's literally gigantic. It's bigger than the Earth. That's yeah. amazing. Flat Earthers love this game because <laughs> it is actually a flat uh, plane on which you live in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're high enough and you have good enough vision, you can see from one end to the other, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the primary setting of Exalted uh, takes place as the players play these kind of like demigod, uh, supremely powerful, divine, divinely uh, authorized people. Like uh, chosen. Chosen. Divinely authorized is a funny way to put it. But yeah, it's like the chosen of a particular god or depending on how you play the game, gods. Um, Typically, you play as solars who are... Uh, chosen, of chosen the, of the unconquered uh, sun. The unconquered sun. Yeah, and you basically play demigods, where you have these crazy abilities that are all over the top, anywhere from combat to social settings to you know paperwork, paperwork. Yeah, paperwork. Diplomacy. <laughs> I'm a god of paperwork. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, really cool about thing about the setting is there is a god for literally everything. It's very much a bureaucrat. Game, you it, know? It, 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 take, it, it takes a lot of influence from from a lot of uh, Eastern, uh, Asian-inspired kind of like mythologies. Uh, yeah, there's a heavenly city called Yushan. Uh, there's a grand celestial uh, bureaucracy. Uh, there is a lot of emphasis on jade and, and the purity of the material. Uh, it's a mystical material. Mm-hmm. There are other materials that have inherent magical qualities to them. Uh, like Caleb said, there is a god for everything. There's a god for an individual piece of grass, and there's gods that govern the entire concept of love or war. And the relative uh, power of those gods is related to kind of like how important or universally worshipped that thing is. Um, the the standard setting, like I was saying, uh, where you play as solars, um, 
is is one that takes a lot of influence from Wuja. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, the, the Wuja uh, uh, genre. Uh, there's mystical kung fu martial arts. There's ancient artifacts that have like history that influences like their power. Uh, there are monsters uh, that relate to kind of like mortal sins. Um, and the entire kind of like setting revolves around this kind of like grand celestial order because your characters are so overpowered. You are exalted, mm-hmm. which is where the system gets its, gets its name. Yeah, it, it is such an incredibly high power level game where you start the game as literal gods. Yeah. Um, I think it was described for me before as if you think of D&D, you have a level one to a level 20 character. The difference in power level between like a level one and a level 20 character, if you take your level 20 character, that's a starting exalted that yeah. in the immense gulf in power level. Yeah. That's like the level one character. Yeah. And then the level two character is like another 20 levels. You know? Yeah. It's crazy because you start off immediately with all these really cool, awesome abilities that make, make really, uh, make the game really fun to begin with. Like, you're already at the very tippy top of like what you normally would be experiencing in a lot of tabletop role playing games, which kind of allows you to jump into it with both feet. And that's pretty much what it's all about is being over the top. That's how I've kind of experienced it is a lot of what you do comes down to you describing something in a grandiose way. Like when you're making a, attack on someone you run up the blade of their sword and then you know do a crazy kick to the back of their head or something like something crazy over the top anime style and i think that's what santi was getting at because Mm -hmm. if that is your starting character then the story that is being told and the setting in general is like is setting you up on that higher platform right absolutely every single aspect of exalted uh boils down to that concept of a, a, a normal thing, a normal object, but bigger, more, more exaggerated in every. It, it even the like the history of the of the of the campaign of the setting is so detailed and exaggerated. Uh, the main characters have past lives that can be incorporated into the setting. Like everything is just bigger, which can be kind of overwhelming. But like it, it is also very freeing in the sense that you can mishmash like setting details and put it all together and it just kind of works Mm -hmm. it's a very big game definitely yeah but also because it's so big i think it's a game that really lends itself well to epics like big long expansive stories uh so if you want gm exalted be prepared you're gonna have to do probably a lot of legwork yeah i mean we what we like to do for all of these games, we like to try them out by doing a one shot yeah. of them. And it was a little bit harder to do that with this game because this game is really set up to be played throughout, you know, multiple sessions. Like, we'll get into the nitty gritty of what the actual game entails. There's these things called charms, which are basically the powers that you get as a demigod. And some of them span multiple sessions and some of them you will only see the kind of 
end result of those after a few sessions sort of thing. And yeah. there's a lot of like big, grander projects, things like that. Um, and it has to be a grand of projects if you're a demigod. Oh, exactly, a a right. single thief in, in an alley's nada is inconsequential to a demigod. Yeah, I guess it has to be an army of uh, an army and, of thieves mm, in yeah, an alleyway. <laughs> yeah, it has to be an army of thieves in an alleyway or something bigger, like a demigod of theft. That is the only thing that will challenge you, and so yeah. it has to be part of a bigger uh, experience. Yeah, and and one of but it just. As a quick sidetrack to related to that, like that bigger experience and why it has to be getting bigger, uh, that that is a little bit of a challenge for GMs. That, that's just a quick quick sidebar, mm-hmm. because consequences as uh, for your players for their actions normally it's like, oh, your character might die. Oh no, in exalted, it is very hard for for like a regular character to to die. Or, or to have any kind of like physical consequences. So a lot of a lot of GMs for Exalted focus on the consequences of their actions, like in in the grander thing. Yeah. Like it, the 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 Exalted characters, the player characters might uh, succeed at what they want to do, but maybe they didn't. They shouldn't have wanted to succeed at that because there are. Un, unexplained or, or unaccounted for consequences. Yeah, okay. narrative yeah. consequences, it's, right? It's like in a battle, it's never about the characters surviving. It's about like the repercussions. How do you that. get there? You know, like it's not about like winning the war. It's about what happened. What did you have to do to, to, to win the war? Exactly. Yeah. Or like if you're fighting against an, a horde of people, maybe it's not, hey, can I beat all these people? I can definitely kill them all. But can I beat them before they destroy the town or before, yeah. uh, you know, my loved ones get hurt or involved in things? Yeah, or right? even once you have, you know, defeated this horde of, you know, rebelling uh, villagers or something, like, how does that affect you and your character? I mean, there's a lot of that that goes into the actual mechanics, mechanics of the game, which kind of leads into one of the unique parts of the game is there's something in the game called the great curse. And that's kind of a way to introduce um, some sort of end to your character and also introduce some sort of challenge to your character because they are so powerful. They're demigods. Right. And so having something which is the curse that I'm just basically uh, alluding to it, but um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the curse and what that is? So Exalted is about hero characters, and a lot of the inspiration for those hero characters are coming from like our real-world myth. And a lot of these hero characters are flawed. You think of Hercules, and after committing his atrocities, having to uh, do recompense his, his 10 or 12, I, I have terrible memory, uh, labors. Uh, uh, and that's just one example. But basically, uh, in our mythologies, there's hero characters that are flawed, and and their flaws cause them great anguish and is a central part of their story. And that's where Exalted gets it. So as the player characters being based on these heroes, you have something called the Great Curse, which is uh, it's related to a, a very deep setting lore thing to deal with like a great war in the distant past. And I'm not going to get into it because I could literally keep talking. There's about a it. lot of lore and, and there's, there's actually a really interesting and funny video that kind of goes over a lot of what the lore is uh it's like a 15 minute video it's mostly hilarious but it also is pretty informative of the space 
Um, like we will it's link all that true, but then it's well. also worded in a way that you're like, this is this is a joke, right? Yeah. Oh no, this is technically correct. <laughs> it's I'm actually okay, okay. all correct. Yeah, it's if you if the you want to search order it up, has invaded heaven. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yes. we can include a link. Yeah, yeah, we'll include a link. Also, if you just want to search uh, "exalted TLDR" on YouTube, you should probably find it. Yeah, yeah. easily. Um, but the Great Curse. Uh, every exalt character has their own one, and it leads into uh, basically them. Uh, being challenged and then succumbing to their flaw. Each individual character is unique in their flaw. And that leads into what is known as limit and limit triggers uh, related to intimacies. Uh, Exalted has this system of amounting personal narrative interest into a actual, like, tangible dice-related mechanic. Can I just say, like, of all the mechanics in Exalted, that is my favorite to the point where, like, that is a mechanic that I'm, like, I would consider homebrewing into something else. Mm -hmm. The intimacies mechanic. Uh, Because it's basically, like, you have these, you know, short sentences uh, that describe different driving forces for the character. And the reason I love this and I would bring it to other things is it helps a player inform their character's decisions. If If you as a player are ever thinking, well, what would my character do in this moment? They would do something that go along with their intimacies. And like intimacies come in different levels. So like they would more likely do something that is part of their defining intimacy. It defines who they are rather than something that is like a minor intimacy. That's like a small thing they do. Yeah. And if they do go for like, it, let's say there's a defining intimacy and a major intimacy for an action and they, the player decide, no, I want to, follow the path that's the major intimacy that's a major character moment and it could end up being that the major intimacy replaces the yeah, you swap intimacy. them yeah yeah and there's also mechanics for if you go against these intimacies and that might you know cause your character some conflict and yeah, that some mental stress and and you know afflict the great curse that we we're talking exactly about and, and what have go you. towards a uh, limit and all that yeah. stuff as well so that's a really cool um part of the characters to help them kind of be rained uh in yeah, a little bit. And and I think that's probably Exalted's strongest area in terms of its mechanics is that it's really good at tying together uh narrative and role play and giving those mechanical rewards. So you have intimacies and you also have the uh narrative descriptions. I forget what Stunts. they're called. Yeah, stuntings. Stunts, yeah. Where uh from my understanding it's basically when you are going to perform an action instead of roll the dice, see if you hit, and then maybe describe it. Uh, it's you describe exactly what you're planning to do. Mm-hmm. And depending on how cool your description is, the GM can reward you extra successes and extra dice to roll, yeah. which it, it's just it's just so smart. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, if you reward people for describing for things narrative into the game, for yeah. really like getting into it and just thinking of the most creative cool things ever they're rewarded for that if you just say oh i attack with my sword you're not getting anything for that but if you say oh yeah i well i'm putting myself on the spot i don't want to i don't want to describe a three-point stunt but describe a one-point stunt yeah i uh i take my blade out and you know i unsheath it and it makes a a loud shing as it oh fuck you can't can't do this to me man you can't and that's how you get a one-point stunt it's eight 
15 and I have a headache. All right, all right. Uh, I'll, I'll describe a stunt. A stunt, it would be something like instead of saying I climb the building, you're gonna, you're gonna say I'm gonna uh, look for the different like balconies and then, you know, uh, grab the edges flipping from one balcony to the other to the top. That's a simple enough description. Uh, and, you know, you could, it's the alternative to saying, I just climbed the thing. Yeah. And, you know, the, the GM might listen to that. It's like, it's a simple description, but it's added flavor to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to give you a one-point stun, which is, you know, a couple of extra dice. Yeah. It, it, the system definitely encourages that putting in the minimum effort mm-hmm. is, like, that minimum is set a little bit higher than just, I do the thing. That minimum, that one-point stunt is... I do the thing, and this is what that is, and this is how it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Exalted is very much a, a cinematic kind of like I want to say visual. I know there's not actual visuals, but like in, in the mind's eye, it's a very cinematic, yeah, uh, expressive game. Yeah, Exalted is the game you play if you want to trick the min maxers of your group to role play, <laughs> because you, you know what? Every time. I'm going for those extra dice. Every time I'm going to, to an action, in my head, I'm like, how am I describing this to get a three-point yeah. stunt? You're, you're <laughs> mechanically just, rewarded for yeah. RPing, you know, with yeah. actual, you know, extra dice, extra successes on whatever test you're doing. And I, I agree with Ennis. I think of all of the mechanics that Exalted has, those are the ones that I would really like to see in more yeah. systems. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think those are cool. They're they're great. Um uh, the other mechanics, like just to, to brief on them, um, the system uses a D10, uh, uh, like it's a D10 based system. So uh, for the most part, you're only only rolling 10 sided dice, depending on your like stats, like by default, like let's say I want to ro- roll perception uh, from like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. you know, that would be a ability. That would like, be perception. 1D20 that you're rolling. <laughs> and D and D and exalted, it'd be like your perception stat, which is like your ability to perceive the world around you, plus your awareness, five. which is like your Still. your five senses, mm-hmm. uh, and how many points you have in that. How many points in that is the number of dice you would roll, uh, and then every seven and up is a success. Every ten counts double, so it's two successes. And so, like, let's say you have a three and a four, you roll seven dice, you get. You know, however many successes, how many seven, eight, nines count for one success, ten counts for yeah. two. It's and similar to um, Shadowrun in that way, where you have a dice pool and you're trying to get the successes on the dice pool, yeah. rather than like a game like Dungeons and Dragons where There's you have one d twenty. Yeah, it's passive fail. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is why stunts like they add automatic successes or they add more dice. Yeah, exactly. Extra like dice that. to that, try that's to get That's what successes. they're doing for, uh, for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another mechanic that is. Actually, I would argue the most unique mechanic for for Exalted is the way it handles initiative and combat. Yeah. Um, initiative and combat is split up into two kinds of attacks that mm-hmm. characters can make. Uh, it is withering and decisive. Uh, and withering 
attacks deal initiative damage. So if somebody's at nine initiative and they get attacked and they take three damage, they are now at six initiative. Initiative becoming not exactly a health bar, but kind of, it, it's supposed to narratively uh, describe kind of like that kung fu movie of where like there nobody's getting in a direct hit, but it, it's like you can see the momentum of the of the combat going back and forth. Yeah. Like advantage in like Exactly. I think it's more akin to there's going to be a lot of, you know, back and forth and positioning and, you know, getting the upper hand and advantage, but there's going to be one decisive blow to end it sort of thing. And typically is how exalted combat typically works. Mm-hmm. And that decisive role, uh, the dice pool for that is based entirely on your initiative. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have a very high initiative, or let's say an enemy has a very high initiative, you should be scared. They have the upper hand. That is like uh, uh, an an out of game uh, abstraction for the players to visualize how the fight is going. Yeah. Another mechanic that I enjoy that uh, Exalted does that none of the systems we talked about so far do is. Uh, moats and willpower it's those are the resources in the game so when you're doing whatever and you want to use a power it comes at a moat cost moats just as you could think of it like mana points or what have you um and so uh, and it might have also a willpower cost and so you're you're looking at these pools and then you can pull things away from them you're not limited like uh, any ability is not like once a day the abilities don't say that the abilities say this costs five moats you have 50 you know you can use this 10 times this day before you're or you know right now before you're out of moats you have nothing left uh or you can choose to save it or diversify it 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 lets you it gives you more choice about where to spend your resources compared to we talked about uh dnd fifth edition which it's like you have these spell slots once you've used them up that's it like once you use your third level spell slot no more third level spells even though you have more spell slots you have more in the tank uh with exalted it's like no you have this amount in the tank and then you can use it um willpower is differentiated from moats uh because not every ability uh costs willpower uh while most abilities do cost moats, and willpower has that same use that we talked about when we talked about in the chat room, like edge, it has a a use that the player can use uh, to to make a decision out of combat to affect something for like their character's action. Yeah, you know? and excellency works the same way, right? Where you can spend moats to add dice to anything you roll, uh, and I think all of those are like those are really cool when out of game you can be like this is really important things and choose to spend like out of game resources to then affect how the dice pools go mm-hmm. because in many many systems uh players don't have like an easy access like consistent way to affect how the dice are rolled or what yeah happens. sometimes it's dependent on like only your classes like i know like mm-hmm. magic using classes in D, for example they can oh i got hit let me cast a spell to then kind of narratively change what happens but you're doing something actively about it whereas all characters have a ability to affect their dice pool by excellency 
depending on, of course, what abilities they have chosen to be their kind of special abilities. And, and another thing that, that makes Exalted Exalted is, again, bigger-than-life characters. And these characters, everything's bigger, everything is more bombastic, and you get these moat resources at a steady pace, especially in combat. In combat, uh, you by default get five moats back every round. Uh, it is a resource that is readily available, and it's kind of encouraged that players do it. Uh, from a mechanic standpoint, the consequences of using those resources in extravagant, huge ways are narrative. Um, in the standard setting of solars, uh, the more you use them and the bigger amounts you use at one time, uh, the more you become infused with that essence and the more you became a beacon in creation. And uh, spoilers, uh, you, you're playing the heroes, but the rest of creation doesn't think of you as heroes. Yeah. And you are actively being hunted down. Yeah, that's part of like the default setting and lore is that the, the solars who are, you know, uh, who are chosen of the unconquered sun have been labeled as demons uh, or anathema, as it's mm-hmm. called. And so most of the world, including like the the prevailing governments in the world, like the uh, the realm and what have you, think of you as demons and actively hunt down any that they uh, know. And so that's why the consequence for using a large powers is you become more and more visible to the world yeah and even not even just the authorities from different governments but even just regular day people also mm-hmm. you know obviously told by the governments that yeah these guys are the bad guys so propaganda. yeah exactly you're fighting against that propaganda as well it's one thing that it, it depends on how you choose to play your campaign but that is one obstacle that if you're running the standard story is something that you're gonna run into yeah, I think it's also very cool and fits within the flavor of you can go all out and you can do some very, very powerful things. But as soon as you do that, hey, you're going Super Saiyan. All the bad guys noticed. There's always consequences. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're coming for you because they saw you did cool shit and they're not happy about it. <laughs> and they want to be involved. And <laughs> <laughs> like we're talking about cool shit, like to scale cool shit. It's like oh, did you slice this mountain in half to open a passage for these people to pass? Everyone in creation knows now. But, like, the things you could do, slice a mountain in half. And that's only, like, a level one or two thing. (laughs) Caleb was a level two character, and he caused an apocalypse in our one-shot. Yeah. I caused a apocalypse to happen, and that was just something that I could do as a second-level character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the sound bit to start. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't we don't want to get too too into the nitty gritty of of setting though. It, it is yeah, right. vast. It is it is expansive. It is we could talk about it for I could talk about yeah, it. Yeah, the lore. Let's, the let's lore talk is a little insane. bit more about mechanics. Yeah, and specifically the coolest and worst mechanic in Exalted. The charms. <laughs> uh, okay. They love can, them. Can I preface this yeah, by you, saying you something? Yeah. Um, Exalted, we, when we're playing Exalted and we're playing everything, we're like, let's play rules as written. Let's modify this as little as possible when we do the one, one shot so we can play the game as yeah. the designers, the uh, you know, designed it or intended for yeah, it to be played. We do include game. errata because yeah. errata is... We do yeah. include errata and like official errata, but 
uh, where like no extra books, just the core rule book as you know, the, the base of the game was designed to be played. The exalted core rule book expects you to custom make things. Yeah. It is a 600 page rule book, 300 of which are charms. Yeah. yeah. Charms are but the majority of the pages. It expects you, yeah. like, let's say when you, uh, if your character's going to learn sorceries or martial arts, or you're going to have artifacts, or maybe even with charms, that if you want something and it isn't available in the core rule book, it expects you to make it. It it expects that the core rule book is just a guideline yeah. for what a charm looks like, what a spell looks like, what a martial art looks like, it's what an artifact this level, looks like. Yeah, exactly. And so it expects you to custom make it. For the one shot, we didn't want to do a lot of that, partially because it takes a lot of time, but partially because we want to experience some of the things that were designed to be balanced. Uh, and so we were like, we'll only use charms and martial arts and stuff in the book. Chris. Okay, first of all, the the idea that it is such an immense rulebook, and then it says on top of that, also, tell your GM if you want something that's not here, you can make it. It's forcing your GM to be a game designer and a person that is able to balance a rulebook, especially if they're new to Exalted. Like, I don't think that's really fair to put on GMs, especially yeah. since it's already such an incredibly heavy game in terms of like lore and setting to then also be like and if your players want cool things and want to be able to do all of the cool shit that they should be uh go design our game yeah, for you'll us. have to balance it yeah you'll have to worry about all that stuff i think just in general exalted is a very creative based game like the players playing exalted and the gm of course is expected to have a creative narrative input on almost every single session. Like, yeah. the whole game rewards you for describing things in grandeur, you know, yeah. and inventing your own things to help tell your own story. But, you know, that's, again, one of the pitfalls is there are 300 pages dedicated to the charms that are in the book. If you want to make more than that, like... <laughs> like yeah. it's a lot sorry it's, a lot. It's, it's just a lot so so we haven't quite described what charms are yes. Santi. tell us about it okay. Okay. The, so terms the, of the abilities that ennis was referring to mm -hmm. earlier and every character has access to charms sorry i kind of cut you off there but yeah why, why don't you ex <laughs> explain them in a little more uh, um, narratively speaking charms are supposed to be a very natural kind of like movement or action that your character is just able to do it's not really magic it's not really kind of like uh, sorcery of any kind that's a separate thing in the system charms are just natural abilities that or techniques kind of like martial art techniques or or uh, actions in done in a specific way that your character learns or 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 just kind of becomes part of them or just like uh, you know their unique divine power exactly that. yeah um and and by that consequence uh a lot of things about charms are strange like phenomenally strange uh from a mechanics point of view from a player point of view uh charms can be as specific as you get X on this roll when this happens to as vague as this stuff can happen. Yeah, to give you examples, like you, uh, there's a 
melee charm, which melee is the skill for using weapons, that is called Excellent Strike. All it does is it gives you one automatic success on any melee roll, and you re-roll ones until they no longer appear. So that's very straightforward mechanically. It's like, narratively what it is, is you are very good at melee. You are very good at the use of weapons. Using this charm is engaging, like, you know, pushing yourself in that skill, being extra good. The the charm that caused the doomsday is a charm about foreseeing the future. And it's basically like you spend a week meditating on a topic. And then after this week, you tell the GM what you saw in the future. The GM then can approve it or not and make changes of it so it's vaguely true. And so... But this is all described in about half of a page. And there's little things here and there that... Like, this isn't even everything. Like, this is the spark notes of that. And it really depends on the ability and the level of it, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, that is, like, a lore charm, which is, uh, I think, essence and lore five you have to have for that one. And, you know, excellent strike is, like, you know, essence one. So, like, level one and two points into melee or something like that it's funny because as we're talking i i feel like the need to give more exposition for the audience because you're like wait i thought they played essence you know level two characters and now they're saying that charms level five uh again we're playing demigods we break the rules there's an inherent part for each character it's called like a supernal ability where it's like in that one thing you are the demigod of being excellent at that one thing you can break the rules. Yeah. In one, Regardless in of your thing, level, you can learn. Yeah, can learn anything in that uh, charm tree. Yeah, in that ability. So, exactly. like, in in that one shot, Caleb's character, their supernal ability was lore, and so they can just be like, you know, forget any level stuff in lore. I can just learn anything. Yeah. As a as a quick aside, to just kind of like explain supernals narratively. Yeah. Uh, Exalts, all exalts start, or most exalts, like, don't want to get into the nitty-gritty. Exalts start as humans until uh, there's an event or an action that caused them to exalt. That's why they're called exalts. And more often than not, narratively speaking, the supernal ability of an exalt is directly related to what they as a person were the best at. And generally, only people who who are supremely good at a thing become exalts of some kind. Um, just explain charms a little bit, how it works. There are requirements, right? Yeah. So each charm has a level requirement for your character. So yeah. basically the levels go from one to five and they're called your essence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then each charm also has a ability requirement. So you have to have at least one to five in that specific ability to be able to use it and plus that's re- plus prerequisite charms plus prerequisite yeah yeah so plus <laughs> prerequisite charms which kind of forms it like a like a if you look at it and the, these are available online uh there are just like trees like in a video game like ability uh, charm trees just being mm-hmm. like hey you need to know this one as a prerequisite for learning this one this so one. so so here's one. here's one of my first major problems is yeah. the formatting of the yeah. core rulebook and its explanation for these things was hot garbage. And I, dear listener, have never played Exalted before this one shot. Yeah. This, I, he I, came in with a disadvantage. Yeah, <laughs> I had never made a character. I didn't really know the rules or mechanics. I had heard them speak about it before. Hey, but that means 
They can relate to you. And yeah. Ennis didn't tell me that there was resources that showed me all the skill trees. There are, with, I recommend that this is integral for mm-hmm. you actually playing the game. It is. is to look at the charm cascades, they're called. Somebody um, created a a nice tree that basically lays out every single charm in each ability and gives and, you t- tldr of what the charm yeah does. it gives you tldr of the charm and it shows you like the branches and like mm-hmm. everything that you have to take in order yeah. to get like a lower down charm all that stuff yeah. right we'll we'll link it in the description because we care about you more than ennis <laughs> cares about me yeah uh, and, and the other thing to be so, fair yeah again i was gonna gm for that yeah. uh, i was i jammed that one shot and as we were saying <laughs> earlier there's a lot to think about when gm yeah. being exalted and like uh, I didn't put enough time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was like the week before, and I was like, "Oh, I have a vague idea, but like this is exalted. I have to look at what like is actually in the world." And uh, at that same time, the players were like, "Oh, I guess we'll make our characters now." And Chris knew knowing nothing about the setting was like, "Hey, you know, since I'm working on exalted, he could be working on exalted at the same time, and maybe it slipped my mind." To give a little context, he hasn't played at all before, Chris, and we've all been playing a campaign for about three years now. Four years now. Four? Four years, yeah. Uh, the reason uh, I... Uh, we, we specifically chose Ennis to run the one-shot because we wanted someone who hasn't run the game yeah. to run the one-shot so that they can see how it's run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been running the, the, the four-year-long Exalted campaign mm-hmm. uh, that has consumed so much time. Uh, yeah. And I guess that just lends to what we were saying earlier about this being a game for a very long session. I mean, maybe not four years long like we're doing, but, you know, you can (laughs) do something because we've explored all parts of creation pretty much and we still have yet. We like more to explore. You guys yeah. haven't been west, and you've barely been south. Yeah, they've they've been playing for four years, and they haven't seen everything. That's obscene. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't even seen everything in the places that they've been. Yeah, no, it's exalted is huge. Yeah, um, but yeah, exalted is huge and terrible to get into for new yeah. players. I <laughs> yeah, character it, creation is a lot. It's a lot, and it's also like as much as we're touting the oh yeah, you're so big and you get to do all these cool things like right from the get-go at level one. It's insane as a new player because a level one character has 15 charms. 15 plus. Yeah, 15 minimum. And that's already too many. Like me sitting there as a new player being like, okay, I've never played this character before and they can do 15 crazy cool unique things. It's... It's too much. Like, yeah, especially for somebody yeah. like yourself who's experienced in different mm-hmm. tabletop role-playing games, like you still even had trouble just starting out. Yeah. Whereas something like D&D 5th Edition, sorry for keep referencing this, but it's a good, it's you know. It's a good benchmark. Benchmark. As a level one, you have to worry about very little. Yeah, you get you to like learn your characters. Yeah. yeah. And with this, there's so much that goes into building your character. And then at level one, you have so many different abilities, so many different things that you can do. So it can be very overwhelming starting mm-hmm. Especially because I and I really dislike that a lot of the charms have like strict just mechanical effects instead of here is a cool thing I can do narratively. Because I think it really slows down combat 
to a crawl when I'm sitting there and it's like, okay, my turn's coming up and I'm looking through my list of 23 charms that I have. I'm like, which of these apply to this situation right now? Uh, what, what am I rolling? What do I plan on rolling? How do I influence all of these different dice pools that I have? And I'm just melting my brain. Uh, this is a personal regret of mine mm-hmm. at running uh, this one shot. Uh, it was starting you guys at level two and like with a, even a little bit more experience than that. I thought, you know, it's like, oh, since we're going to talk about it for the podcast, I want to give you access to a little bit more so you have uh, more to play with. Um, Exalted already gives you enough to play with at level one, a lot yeah. to play with, uh, maybe even too much to play with at level one. But it, it, it already gives you uh, enough. I should not have started this at level two. Yeah, so our suggestion person. to anybody running the game is yeah. start at level one. There's plenty yeah. and... There's plenty and more. And more. <laughs> we, we, we say, we keep repeating level one. Le- essence, essence one. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> start at the beginning. However it tells you to do character creation, don't add anything on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you're really feeling spicy, remove stuff. But no, like it's I think it's fine to just run it as is. Um which is like a thought I've had since running that one shot. It's something that I haven't I didn't notice with our long term campaign because our long term campaign, um, we sat and we had an idea for what we wanted in mind and exalted fit what we had in mind. Uh and we had a, we knew we had a lot of time to custom make all the characters. We spent we had two session zeros. And then even then, a few sessions in, people were still changing aspects about their character. And the GM was like, Santi, was like, I know that this is the thing about the game. And as we play, you'll notice more of these things. I will give you like, it was like a five session grace period where you could change everything about your character. Yeah. Uh, which I did. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. completely changed to a different character. Completely different. <laughs> yeah. um, so we had that grace in in uh, when we were playing our home campaign playing this one shot and running this one shot i noticed a lot of things that i didn't notice in the campaign and that is as open as exalted is and as much creative freedom that it gives you it is kind of restricted by its setting and by uh its design in certain narrative ways like there are certain stories that you just cannot tell in Exalted. There are certain characters that just you can't make in Exalted. Chris's first idea for a character doesn't work in default Exalted. Just isn't a thing. He, you wanted to play like uh, like a Loki type, like an illusionist rogue type of guy. Uh, and I couldn't do that. But you know what I could do? I could make a donkey that was practically invincible and a master thief and that's beautiful too (laughs) yeah yes but uh it's great but i was saying it's just i hadn't noticed that limitation Mm -hmm. before of like the things that don't fit in the theme you just cannot make yes and yeah especially like the standard theme again we're like as solars solars are Despite being like it narratively being like the strongest, most powerful, amazing exalt ever, they're kind of the most bland, boring exalts in the setting. Um, uh, Chris's character concept 
would fit much better as what is known as a lunar, which is a, a an exalt of the goddess of the moon. That's not a cool rule book thing. I know. That's yeah. why we didn't do it. It's, an, it's another version. And even in our uh, campaign that's been lasting four years, like I got to you know sub in a character and play a lunar character for a little bit, and that was really cool. And you know, just exploring that it it speaks very much to Solars are very basic bitch sort of characters. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> very vanilla style characters and then all the cool stuff seems to be in the beyonds the other sort of exiles like lunars and yeah like it, playing a solar is about doing one thing and doing it spectacular or maybe like higher level exalts will be able to branch out a little bit in general but, doing things better than everyone else yeah, but, but it's like uniquely. being able to do a limited number of things in an amazing way but not do a lot of different like varied things so mm -hmm. the reason you can make a donkey uh, so powerful is because there are a lot of charms uh related there's uh, uh concepts or abilities in the game related to riding mounts and related to raising animals and so and uh, so solars can be excellent in that can be spectacular in that to the point of training a donkey to be a master thief okay so i i do have one surprise question for the podcast yeah uh Ooh, since you guys know uh so much more and have played a lot more exalted than i do and i know i have uh my hang-ups that are uh, a lot to do with the fact that we played a one-shot and so like there just wasn't that time to get into a lot of the the cool things if there is one thing that you guys would change about exalted what what would it be range fans Range bands, yeah. <laughs> Fuck range bands. Sorry, that that was mine. You stole mine. All right. Well, Santi, mine too. Santi yeah, I know it's yours too. first. You want to explain yeah. why? No, 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 no. It's Caleb's. He can explain. No, no. Range bands are terrible because it's so hard in the space when you're trying to actually visualize, visualize, yeah. and understand like the abilities and the charms that you have. Some of them will say, "Oh, up to two range bands," but it's it's not like actual distances. It's like a general idea of distances. Yeah, and they refuse to define it. Exactly, and they refuse to define it. It makes it so hard to there actually There is understand. a description. It's it vaguely defined. It's, yeah, yeah, it's like, it gives you like a sort of vague description of like, oh yes, this is about the distance from which you can pee on someone's head if you drank a lot of liquid. <laughs> Something ridiculous like that. It's just yeah, so uh, dumb. Uh, it's like... Sorry. Kind of, really but yeah. It, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's not that wording, but kind of that. Uh, I think Definitely not that wording. you were asking what I would change about Exalted. I don't think I would change anything. I would change the story, like players' expectations about Ex Exalted. Because I feel like it, Exalted is designed for a certain kind of game. And you have to be playing that kind of game. And so mm -hmm. if you're expecting to play not that kind of game, Exalted, you're gonna run into hiccups. Yeah, you're gonna run into things you don't like. And, and this kind of goes back like a flashback to again referencing D and D Fifth Edition. D and D so like versatile, can do a lot of different stories, etc. Uh, but it might not necessarily be the best at all of these. Exalted and in a lot of systems are kind of the opposite. They can't really tell a huge amount of different kind of stories, but they're very good at a specific kind yeah. of story. Like, you have to sort of play a hero of a god in an eastern setting. 
Like yeah. you're kind of hard roaded into that. And I, I know that's the setting, but also like it's really hard to deviate from playing a hero style yeah. campaign. If you're not characters. down for Journey to the West, yeah, don't play Exalted. That's exactly. a great example. Yeah, exactly. It's that, but then it's also things like uh, I see the uh, the way that the mechanics are designed. Uh, you're complaining about range bands. Um, I feel that Exalted is a game designed for theater of the mind. It doesn't work for pieces and knowing the exact distance between you and a thing. It has to be theater of the mind. So when you ask, it's like, I'm, you know, what is the range between me and this thing? And I'll be like, you know, the GM will be like, two range bands and that's all you need to know and you don't need to know the exact distances right but again there's a little bit of a difference in the nuance of range bands because some charms will say oh a short range band mm -hmm. and then you know something is two range bands away is that including my little short close to me range band and then also out to you know a little bit further. I forget all the names of them, but... Uh, close, short, medium, long, that's, extreme. Yeah, exactly. And so when they're saying two range bands, because if I can leap two range bands, does that mean I can only leap short? No, obviously not. In the context of the actual charm, it makes, you know, narrative sense that I can jump over, yeah, you know, that, something That's just really part tall. of Exalted's bad wording. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And bad wording because the way I understand it is, the way close is described is you don't have to move to get to close. Mm -hmm. And so any movement, like normally, normal movement moves you one range band, it, you can move to something up to short range or one range band. Something the fact that, that, that is this isn't clear, though. Is, yeah, I, I understand. Right. There, are, there, are some, it, there are some weaknesses, but yeah, it's meant for a specific, like, story and way of play and player and you know, it's like very constrained. It, it's like a very high-tuned, specific machine that if anybody else runs it incorrectly, it kind of like falls apart yeah. all at once. And I really don't know how I would fix the game. Like, it is... <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Like, it's, it's a big game that starts you off with a lot and like the whole... Expect the whole thing is, like, extra. If I were to describe it in one word, it would be extra. Mm -hmm. Extra in what you start with, what you get, what, what you, you have to do, what, what you, you have read. to read. Exactly. What you have to read, what you have to know. Like, all this stuff is extra. How you describe your character, how you describe their attacks, how you describe them talking to someone. Mm -hmm. Like, we're talking about, you know, stunting in terms of, you know, attacking someone or doing an ability check, like climbing a building. But you also stunt when you're defending against something or even just talking to somebody. Yeah. You're getting better dice for mm -hmm. doing it in a specific way, right? Yeah. Like, it, you got to put a lot into it, but mm -hmm. you also get a lot out you of it. You get a lot out of it. You, you get what you put into it, I would say, definitely. Um, and, and this kind of ties into uh, when we started that long campaign of Exalted, I, having played Exalted before, and I played second edition, which is... Uh, a whole other ball of yarns that is yeah, ball of worms. let's not the ball of worms yeah um anyways when when i started it when i wanted to start it i asked people whom i considered comfortable with the concept of tabletop rpgs comfortable being able to go outside their comfort zone already addicts he means already addicts willing to put in effort to learn and play the game because uh, when it comes down to it i could never 
recommend Exalted for new players. No, not no. At all. like I could. Ne- it is. It is. It is definitely a game for people who are already addicted to tabletop RPGs. Maybe have a vein of game design in them. Maybe, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, if you have a you know a play group of a lot of uh, GMs or potential GMs, then it's perfect because there's a lot of creative input from the players as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely. We're not recommending this to people that have just started out. Like, definitely, if you're really into it and you're willing to put in and you're like the effort and your players are willing to put in that effort too, then this is definitely you can have very a cool really games. cool game that's really rewarding. If you do put in that time, uh, I will say the, the the last note that I had in mind is about character progression, uh, and I've uh, it's it's strange because uh, you, you do start with a lot, but you also progress really quickly. Pro- progress really quickly. Rules is written. Rules is written. You get like five XP every session minimum. Minimum plus a bit of extra side XP, but that that uh, main XP it you. You hit max level from level z- from like starting at three hundred XP. That is sixty sessions. That is like the game has a clock of this is when you're gonna max uh, out hit these levels, yeah. which is also I feel like another aspect of the game is designed for something very specific because it I feel like even the pacing of each session is part of how the game is designed. Like the game's kind of expecting you to be at this pace. Well, we're kind of getting near the end. Um, is there anything else that anybody wants to kind of... Well, I, I still haven't heard what Santi would change beyond range, yeah, ba- range bats. Caleb mine. stole his. Yeah, I stole mine back. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that I would change legitimately about Exalted is... Um, It is that create your own ability section of the rule book and, and, and the rules. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it, like, I get it, it, but it's kind of like a cop-out in terms of game design. It's a complete fucking well, cop-out. It's, it's really annoying because, like, they provide a lot of charms. What they don't provide is How to lot. do it. Well, yeah, how to yeah. do it. And they also don't provide, like, a lot of sorceries, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like... Or shaping rituals. Or shaping, shaping rituals was a big one where... I played a magic user and this is all this is all like magic user stuff like mm-hmm. even further in the story but I didn't have a lot of examples to pull from in the book which was a little bit annoying especially if we're trying to run rules as written so yeah. that is something I would agree with I would change like like the supplements include more you yeah know? The, the supplements like miracles of the of the of the chosen or solar artifacts uh, of of the solar uh, exalted arms of the chosen miracles of the solar there, exalted there we go yeah. there we go I, I'm terrible with names those add things and give more rules for those things but. Uh, supplements should be to add more examples, which they did, but they shouldn't necessarily be about adding the, the a core part of the game, yeah. which is creating more of these things. No, I, I would like one thing I really wish that they would hash out, uh, especially in the core rulebook, is how to make those shaping rituals. Yeah, because there's only there's only like three like, in the book, and then they say if it doesn't fit one of these, make your own, and that's about it. And, yeah. and those ones aren't even fully fleshed out either. They, they are. Yeah, 100%. They are. And, like, if if they are going to go down the route of make your own, instead of providing us 300 pages of bullshit, uh, I'd rather they give less in the core rulebook and instead just, hey, 
<laughs> here's yeah here is the defined rules of how to make these things and give us like and really clear ex- expectations and examples and so we highly recommend external resources um, oh, yeah. for that purpose as well 100 the um, community for exalted is very active yeah. uh like you know there's the for the level of popularity for the game like the the players that play the game are very active in it and so you can find artifacts charms shaping rituals sorceries art art. i see a ton of art on the on the reddit page for exalted so ton of art so should you play exalted if you want to run the story that matches with what exalted wants to tell or if you want to experience it with a group of people that you have to like beforehand be like you know we're strong storytellers we're uh have you know a bit of that game design inclination you know or people that are willing to push themselves in those yeah. uh, uh aspects then yes that is the game for those people you have to invest in the story. and you also have to realize that this is like gonna be a 12 session minimum like i can't imagine like an exalted story lasting shorter that with how the game is intended yeah i would say one last note on stunting mm-hmm. uh if you ever need help for that stunting just think of anime it's it's just really anime yeah should, should you play something. exalted yes if you like anime exactly it is that's what i would say it all is. right <laughs> that's the episode that's the episode thank you so much for listening uh we'll catch you next time uh i have been kayla i've been ennis i will be chris i am santi and I'm going on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a boat. <laughs>